where else would you rather be than right here, right now? For Bills fans. Let's go, Buffalo! By Bills fans. Only Buffalo is going to win it! This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. This place is pandemonium! Here's Brad the Bruiser Icorn. Welcome back for another edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn joined alongside Alex Jones as we get set for the Bills to head out east as they'll be in Jersey taking on a team that calls themselves the New York Jets. Another conversation for another day, or maybe we get into a little bit. We'll see. All right, Alex, not a perfect win against Green Bay, but nonetheless, they got the job done a little bit, uh, you know, Sloppiness, I'd say, when it came to closing out. I think Sean McDermott alluded to it in his post-game press conference. Uh, Josh Allen mentioned it. But all in all, a good Sunday win. And here we are going into week nine in uh, 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 almost a better matchup than we had last Sunday night. Uh, five and three Jets team record-wise, at least. And the six and one Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Brad, can't complain about it. Uh, it's it just the game... Uh, the first half is exactly what you want from the Bills. And then it just felt like a classic game where you come out flat in the second half because you feel like you already have it in hand. Um, but historically, when the Bills have done the things like this, essentially what happens is Josh Allen comes back and has one of the best games of his career. So can't complain because I, I expected Josh to bounce back in a big way. Yeah, we'll see how it goes into this week. I mean, it wasn't a bad performance on the stretch, but like two costly, you know, picks. And I mean, it just wasn't clean. But all in all, I mean, it, it was a win. It's what I think everyone wanted on a Sunday night in Buffalo for the Bills to go ahead and walk away with the W, which they did. Just wasn't as clean, as pretty as it you know, we would have liked it. But you know what? Green Bay didn't come in this game uh, very good either, so that didn't make for a very good matchup either. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, ups and downs since we started the year. Everyone was saying, oh, the Rams could repeat the Super Bowl champions. They might not even make the playoffs at this point. It's uh, It's been a, a season full of parody so far. It really has, Brad. I mean, it just kind of shows how really bad the NFC is. <laughs> I'm just going to be 100% honest with like, a lot of the teams in the NFC who are top playoff contenders would probably be in the bottom tier of the AFC. So, yeah. you know, it really just shows how uncompetitive that that side of the league is on. I mean, you said with the Rams, same like they really didn't do what people expected from them. But that also kind of shows like, um, you know, just kind of like where. Uh, teams are at that kind of do that cap trade for picks, you know, to sell everything for the draft picks. It is kind of one of those things where it's like you kind of can get in trouble fast with it, Mm -hmm. which is why getting into the trade deadline, I'm very glad Brandon Bean did not go out and mortgage, you know, a lot of draft capital for what is, you know, could be a, just a pickup at the deadline and not, not anything else. 
Let's go talk about some of the trades that Buffalo made. First, a familiar face coming back to the Bills in Dean Marlowe traded to the Atlanta Falcons for a late-round draft pick, and I believe that it worked out that the draft pick Atlanta got in this was the same pick that they had traded to Carolina for uh, Andre Davis, who um, unfortunately didn't pan out and uh, that pick was voided, so they didn't have to give it up. Gave it to Atlanta and bring back a familiar face here for some much-needed uh, depth in the safety position. Yeah, Brad. I mean, Dean Marlowe has been a guy who's been around the building. There was a story that came, the report that came out where his wife apparently had uh, shed tears of joy hearing he was coming back to Buffalo, which really, you know, tells you about the kind of culture and. Yeah. Everything that's kind of been built around this team, um, and it's really, it's really great to see. You know, it used to be back when I was younger, growing up, they would have to pay triple the money that was expected, and it would be a mid-tier free agency wide receiver, and he'd be received with, you know, all the bells and whistles of some of of somebody who didn't really deserve that level of bells and whistles. Yeah. Um, so there we go. So Dean Marlowe, a familiar face back in Western New York. And then, uh, of course, the other trade is bringing in uh, Naheem Hines from the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, so Zach Moss, his tenure as a Buffalo Bill, at least for right now, is over. And in comes uh, Naheem Hines, uh, someone who's been touted to you know, catch the football well. He's been obviously good in between the tackles as well. We might see him on special teams. Who knows? He could be maybe what they've been looking for, something solidified and concrete at the kick return, pump return game here. But uh, uh, I like the pickup of Hines. Oh, Brad, that's definitely a huge part of it. That is um, probably one of the major reasons he was brought in. I mean, his offensive upside is great as well, but with the emergence of James Cook, and Singletary being as short-handed as he has as of late, um, it really is one of those things where Naheem Hines comes in and immediately is like, hey, Isaiah McKenzie, Khalil Shakir, you no longer need to worry about kicking punter. Like, don't worry about it. We got a guy whose like, whole deal is that. Uh, Pat Maxey said it best on his podcast, on his show, um, basically was like, Naheem Hines is a guy who goes back, and every time he returns the kick, he says to himself, if I die, I die. And, you know, that that is the kind, that kind of is the quintessential, like, that fits so well just with both the Bills team and Bills Mafia that it's like, this is a match made in heaven. So here's a question, Alex. Were there any trades that you're disappointed they did not make uh, before uh, Tuesday's trade deadline? I mean, obviously trading every single pick possible for, you know, I mean, no, it wasn't, I, I'm not, I'm not complaining in the slightest. I think that, uh, they played it smart because the thing is these, uh, these teams that sort of like the Dolphins, honestly, who trade every pick and who, um, give up so much of the draft capital for a shot at it, like, there, you're kind of seeing what happens with the Rams. You don't have the money to replace through free agency. And unless you're hitting every single late draft pick, which if you are, I don't believe you, um, you can't refill the ranks of people retiring or people who 
you can't afford to leave, bring back and preach. You know, not your biggest guys, but because the Rams have done a pretty good job of keeping those, you know, those big name free agents. The issue is you miss all the mid tier guys, the guys who who don't get the accolades, but who are incredibly solid players. Speaking of that, uh, yes. the Dolphins trading for Bradley Chubb. Yeah, I please. mean, don't get me wrong, Bradley Chubb is incredibly good. The issue with him is he's played outside of his rookie season. He's only played, he, I don't think he's played a full season That's yet. right, yeah. Um, and so it's one of those things where it's like, you, you're almost like, um, I don't want to say concerned, but it, it's, it's something that, it's something that doesn't, like, care. Like, he, the, the Dolphins were already bringing all-out pressure, and then the Bills would, and the Bills had success against it. And then they would drop back into zone, like, drop back and try to cover, you know, try to rush with just four, which I think this is the goal of, because once you get to the playoffs, that all-out pressure isn't going to really work. Like, teams have you so scouted by that point that you're if you're going all-out pressure, you really can't be successful because get, they'll get the ball out so much faster than you can try to um, than you can try to play. So it, it really is one of those things. Like I can see why the Dolphins did it. He's a young pass rusher, um, but at the same time, now the Dolphins' first pick I think is in the fifth round, which is for a team that's not sure about its quarterback. It feels like they're gearing up to either get Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson. However, I doubt either of those teams are going to let you um, take their starting QB without drastic compensation. Like, you got to give them something. And with them giving up multiple, first off, they had three draft picks this year, gave up every single one. Then um, they had two draft picks, I believe, the following year. Those are both gone, one due to tampering and one due to a trade. So they don't have a first-round pick for three years. You better pray that Tua is who you say he is. Yeah. And he doesn't get another concussion. Because if he could, he gets another severe concussion, that that could be a career for him. It could be. So, um, right now, I mean, yeah, they have kind of put all their chips in, in one basket at this point here. So, yeah, I, I'm extremely curious in how this is going to uh to play out there in, in Miami as, as the season progresses, but they're trying to get some push here, you know, and I think part of the reason that they went and picked up a job is what do we need to get after the Buffalo Bills? And I would say, you know, get after Josh Allen, i.e. Bradley Chubb. Yeah, I agree, Brad. I think that's looking at who they're self-scouting there. I mean, they're also, the Dolphins are what, four and four, I believe? Maybe I'm wrong there, but um, it, it, it's an aggressive move, but if the Dolphins think they are big time Super Bowl contenders, then you know what? That's 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 a move that the Bills made to get over the hump in their Super Bowl chase. Yep, sure is. All right, so the Bills six in one on the season going into week nine, they take on the New York Jets. From MetLife Stadium, that game will be televised on CBS. I'm Eagle on play-by-play, Charles Davis on the commentary on that one there. And, of course, you can follow all our commentary as well at DHS Buffalo at TW Callahan DHS. 
at Bills Bruiser, Facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House and DraftHouseSports.com. All right, Bills Jets week. All right, so we talked about how, you know, Green Bay looked good on paper at the beginning of the season and wasn't as quite illustrious the way Green Bay has been performing. And then you could probably say the opposite about the Jets game that no one was, I think, overly enthused. I think there were signs of progress for the Jets, but right now, uh, you know, Robert Sala has defense playing very well right now, and the Jets, uh, you know, they've they've been able to go ahead and get some wins uh, in the season coming in at 5-3. and three, Makes this matchup a little bit tighter. It does, Brad, but it kind of reminds me of the 2020 game against the 49ers. You know that uh, Robert Sala led defense. Um, everybody's talking about how Josh Allen had a struggle with this strong defense. That you know it's going to be a slugfest, and then Josh Allen just dropped everything. Yeah. Just the, they they couldn't they everything they did. Josh Allen had an answer for, and I'm going to be honest. I think against uh, Robert Sala at defense, Josh Allen is going to have the answers. There's just certain people, certain quarterbacks play well against, and that that might just be Josh Allen and Robert Sala. Indeed, he was out there just dropping dimes. Uh, in that game in 2020 against, like you said, a Robert Sala-led defense there. Um, I don't think he's, correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, I don't think he's ever lost to Robert Sala, at least in his uh, short time with the Jets. No, uh, no, he's not. All right, well, Buffalo looking to go ahead and try to push to 7-1, but I don't think they can overlook the Jets. But all right, some things to point out here, obviously, Brees Hall. Out for the season, a guy who was having a, a phenomenal year, uh, unfortunately, is sidelined now. Uh, they went and picked up, I believe it was, what was it, Robinson from Jacksonville. So, I mean, they did, you know, try to supplement a little bit, but then, you know, he was out there criticizing the coaching staff last week. So, I don't know. Uh, I feel like the Jets almost remind me in years past where the Bills had hot starts during the drought. Uh, look back 2008, look back in uh, 2011, hot 4-1, and 5-1 starts, and evidently, you know, did not finish that way, and I think potentially that's what the Jets could be. Teams are catching them on film now, and uh, I mean, I'm not trying to overlook them, but I feel like they could be fool's gold. Yeah, I, it does, Brad. It feels like that Trent Edwards build, or maybe it's the, was it 50 or it was Trent Edwards. It was. Trent Edwards, Lee Trent Evans, Edwards yep. Um, I remember seeing them in the power rankings and like, wow, they're up to number five. And then just injuries caught up with them. Um, they were missing a lot of pieces. And then all of a sudden, everybody gets film on you. The wheels fell off. And it, it just, it does feel like that a little bit, Brad, where it's like the fan base is so excited. And then it's like, oh, you end up five and 11. You're like, how did we, we were five and one. How do we get here? I also think Zach Wilson's kind of putting them. Um, Zach Wilson's gonna is is a dude who's gonna take some risks, but he doesn't have like the athletic upside of a Josh Allen. You know, Josh was always putting the Bills in risk, but he also could do like a oh he broke out a forty-eight yard touchdown. Um, and I don't know if like I just don't know if Zach Wilson has that um that level to him. Where he can be like, yeah, like, yeah, he did this, but he also, like, you know, it, it, I just haven't seen that yet. 
And I could be completely wrong. Could be completely wrong. But I just don't see that in Zach Wilson's person. I was driving around today, and I caught a little bit of Pro Football Focus where they put it out there, uh, Mike Florio and Chris Sims, that they think that uh, next year Wilson could put up Josh Allen-type numbers. And I don't know why folks are so quick to think, oh, Josh Allen, we saw what he could do and how he developed and changed his game and turned a corner. I don't know that that's necessarily a norm. Not as as of yet because we haven't seen it yet, but I don't know. I, I think it's too soon to go ahead and buy into that hype. Yeah, I agree. I, I, and also, I just don't... I don't know. It, it, it gets into the thing of, like, everybody's the next Tom Brady. You know, like, oh, it was... We heard forever, this guy's the next Tom Brady. This They said it about Bailey Zappi. <laughs> oh, he's the next Tom Brady. And it's like... It, it's one of those things where it's just like... Do you... Do you like... If this was possible often, why wouldn't more people do it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't more people be taking advantage? Be like, yeah, I'm going to draft this high upside quarterback and he's going to become phenomenal. It's like, the reason most people do, don't do it is because it takes a lot. It takes just in a, you know, somebody with a super human level of work ethic, skill, talent, and athleticism. And it's like, do, like I was actually just talking to uh, I was talking to a kid I know today, and he was asking me about. I played a little college ball, and he was asking me about my time at college ball, and he's like, "Why did Why did you stop playing?" And I was like, "I just realized I literally don't have the genetics to play this. Like, I just don't. Like, the yeah. hardest I can work and the most effort I can put it be put in will be trumped by someone just doing this with nothing. Like, they are just." They, they are working as hard as me, and they also just have things ingrained in their body mm-hmm. where they are just better at this. And it, it's a harsh realization, but it is the truth. It's like you kind of need to realize, like, sometimes some people are just innately better at you. Things. And, and I think people being like, I'm going to find the next Josh Allen are already losing. You're already, you've already lost if you're trying to replicate something someone else did. Instead, try to be the next person they're talking about. Um, but, and I mean, that's also a media drift thing, but it, it, it's just, it is just one of those things that gets very powerful because it's like, well, no, nobody's the next. You know what I mean? No one's the next, this guy. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the injury report. And we'll run through it. We won't have to go fully in depth right now, but let's just say Matt Milano. Uh, has not practiced this week with an oblique industry. Von Miller is listed as ankle, but also veteran rest, so take that for what it's worth as well. But Jordan Poyer, who's been listed day-to-day, has not practiced the last two days. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned. I, I could see them resting at least Poyer in this one. I could see him not playing. We'll see about Matt Milano. I'm not sure in this one, but I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Milano misses this one as well. I would not be shocked at it, Brad. If, um, I, 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 I mean, for me, that's been limited as well. Um, and it's just been kind of the, the Bills' MO this year. You know, they've been incredibly banged up and incredibly injured. Uh, so it is one of those things where, um, 
I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of expect Poyer. I think that's why they went out and acquired Marlowe. Yeah. I think they want to pair a veteran hand alongside of DeMar Hamlin. Yep. Because I think DeMar Hamlin's playing very well I so far so. this year. Um, And it, it's one of those things where it's, uh, it, it would be smart if Poyer needs, you know, because here's the thing, too. You're coming down the stretch on some of the games that are a little lighter part of the schedule on your strength of schedule. So if during those, if you can get everybody uh, healed up, ready to go, you're golden for the, the for the run down the end. No major injuries of note on the Jets roster right now, other than Corey Davis, the uh, stud wide receiver, um, has not practiced at all this week. I would say he's probably going to be doubtful for this one. I would expect that as well. But no other injuries of note here on the Jets roster. So, I mean, if you just look at the numbers right well, besides, now. Be, mm-hmm. Besides their entire offensive line oh. being on IR. Yeah, that, that, that's <laughs> a little, you won't find them in the, on the injury report. They are on IR. But if you look across the numbers to in this one, I mean, statistically, Buffalo's dominating everything. Points per game, going head-to-head here. Buffalo's at 29. They're at 22. Yards per game, Buffalo averages 438. Jets at 354, nearly an 80-yard difference there. Yards allowed. And pretty tight here. They're saying 318, 328. But, I mean, right now, comparably, if you go down the line here, Buffalo owns just about every stat across the board here. Um... And we talked about it last week on the podcast here with Sean that there doesn't need to be the anxiety that we've had in the past because this coaching staff gets this team prepared. You know, granted, goops happen. We saw what happened in Jacksonville last year. But typically, week in and week out, this coaching staff, this you know personnel grouping, they have this team ready to go out there to play week in, week out. Yeah, and I think, too, that Jacksonville game was such a weird, like, everything about it was just weird. Yeah. I think, but I think it was a, I think it was a winning, I think it was like a, a real learning moment for everybody, where it was like, or a real learning moment for the offense. It's like, no, we can't, like, we can't go out there and, because exp- I think, I genuinely think what happened was, uh, it looked like it anyways to me from body language and everything like that. Josh just expected to go out there and steamroll the Jaguars, put up 500 yards. And he kind of just forgot, like, oh, like, everybody here is is here because they're the best. Like, it, just because you're in the NFL does not mean you're not good. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you may be the worst in the NFL, but the worst in the NFL is still the best than, best than, best anywhere else. I would agree with that. Um, you know, last year helped that, you know, former first-round pick. The other Josh Allen, the defensive Josh Allen, hit a big day against Josh last year, too. He did. You know, he the, it, was a, it was a real defensive uh, showcase. You know, the Bills defense only let up seven points. The Jaguars only let up six. And it, it just looked like both offenses had no clue what to do. All right. Let's talk about keys to the game in this one here. What are some keys for Buffalo to come out of New Jersey with a win? Win the turnover battles. If you can take the Jets' offense off the field and rock uh, Zach Wilson's confidence early, that's going to be a game changer for you. 
Yeah, I'm curious if if uh, Wilson is going to come out against Josh and try to go, you know, match for match, score for score in this one. And honestly, the way the Bills' defense is, even hobbled as it may be, they're built by so much depth that I don't know if he could keep pace at this point, not at this point in his career, maybe too soon. Yeah, I know. That is that is the thing. It's going to be interesting to see um, what the game plan is. I mean, I think Green Bay showed a little bit of it last week where the Bills are a little susceptible to the run, but also Green Bay is one of the best running teams in the NFL. And I mean, Green Bay ran for, for 200 yards, basically, and still lost by two scores. So it's like, all right, cool, you can try to do that against us, but if Josh Allen gets the ball and marches it down the field, um, what's your response? And, you know, I don't even know if last week's game was even that close either. Um, you know, they got a score down in garbage time down the stretch there. Really, it was Buffalo the entire game. It really was. All right. Um, obviously, turnover battle as well here. Offensively, I mean, get the run game going maybe, or do we just laugh at that again and say, Josh, just go throw the rock? Uh, I mean, the run game looked good against the Packers. They were running well. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm all for if you want to, like, attack, if you want to make them think, like, we're going to pass the ball and then just start gashing them up the middle, I do not hate it. However, the minute one run goes for a yard, we abandon it immediately. Yeah. And I know that's premature, but, like, I'm fine with, like, one run every series or one run on, like, second down when they don't expect it because truly a a mix of run and pass is ideal it that is that is the absolute actual idea that is that is what you would prefer 100 percent of the time yeah but it isn't where this bill's offense is and i'm gonna be honest i'd love to see them bring naheem hines out um to either a um you know, act as almost like a decoy or B, really see what he's got. I think he adds a level of speed that our offense may not have. Um, and so it's one of those things where it's like, I would love to see what he's got. Bill's Jets coming up this Sunday. Um, I'm flying there. Uh, I will uh, I will be sleeping in my own bed Saturday and Sunday night. But uh, Sunday morning, my uh, younger son and I were taking a flight from Buffalo to Newark. Uh, buddy's going to pick us up. We're going to go to the game and then, uh, we're going to fly back that evening. So boom, boom, uh, we'll be, we'll be there on Sunday and really looking forward to this one. Sounds like weather's going to be nice. Mostly clear skies, forecasted highs up to the mid seventies. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. For, for November, I guess you'll take it for right now. Cooler weather's around the corner here. Um, we'll see, um, Alex, are you are you still planning on being in town here for the Viking game, or will we see you first time for the for the Cleveland game? Uh, tentatively, the Cleveland game. Okay. Well, I don't know, Brad, but here's the thing: they keep winning at home, and I'm not there. <laughs> I I don't know if I can handle it if I go to a game and they lose at home. <laughs> you know, it, I hope it there's not the Alex like... Jones factor here. <laughs> But you know what? I would I, listen. I'm willing to sacrifice for the squad, um, and I'll be the one if, if need be, I'll be the one to um, sacrifice and be like, you know what? 
uh, I won't go to games. I will sit in my house in in the nice in my nice warm house in my comfortable chair, yeah. watching the game while having red zone on the other TV. There you go. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Follow us all across our platforms here at DraftHouseSports.com, at DHS Buffalo, at Bills Bruiser, at TW Callahan DHS, Facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. We'll look forward to talking more Bills with you next week. For Alex Jones, I'm Brad the Bruiser Icorn. Go Bills. This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast, an R Street Media production.